preparing for Hajj. We're going to look at sunburn. Wa alaikum salam. An important consideration when going to Makkah would be the climate. Due to the geographical location, the sun is extremely hot. The sun of the Arabian Peninsula during winter is much more harsh than our sun or the hottest days in summer. So what is sunburn? Sunburn is caused by excessive exposure to the sun's ultraviolet rays or UV rays. The amount of sun exposure depends on its location and the time of the year. There are two types of ultraviolet rays, ultraviolet A and ultraviolet B, but both are dangerous. Both are dangerous. One attacks the skin's outer layer and ultraviolet A attacks the skin's underlying layers. So the common misconception is that only fair people are more prone to sunburn. This is not true. Dark-skinned people are also prone to sunburn, depending on, on your sun protection that you use. So the signs and symptoms of sunburn. Sunburn can be first degree burns that cause the skin to become red, warm, painful to the touch, leading to tanning or even peeling of the layer of the skin. More serious sunburns can be secondary degree burns, causing extreme reddening, extreme redness, swelling, pain and even blisters. And this can lead to infections or breaks in the skin, which can be accompanied by chills and fever, nausea and even delirium. So sunburn can be extremely painful, so it's very important that preventative measures be put in place. So some preventative measures to follow, be cautious and avoid the midday sun between 11 and 3 o'clock, especially in Makkah. Wear protective gear like sunglasses, light-colored, lightweight, tightly woven material like scarves, flowing tops. Use a sunblock with a SPF higher than 15 and a lip balm. Drink plenty of water whilst in the sun. Some recommendations for those victims of sunburn. Aloe vera gel is very effective in soothing sunburn. Even the pulp of the aloe vera plant works well to soothe the skin and it will increase its healing. A herbal bath can minimize the sting and the pain of sunburn. Add 6 cups of chamomile tea to a bath of lukewarm water and soak. Or even 6 drops of chamomile oil or 6 drops of calendula oil. Eat a high protein diet because these foods will enable tissue repair to be increased. Also increase your raw fruit and veg for the much needed vitamins and minerals. Boiled lettuce leaves can also help. Boil the lettuce leaves, strain it, cool it down in the fridge and apply it with a cotton wool to the skin. Plain natural yogurt can also have a cooling and soothing effect on the skin. But the best medicine would be preventative measures. Preparing for Hajj, we are going to speak about dehydration. Wa alaikum salam. As mentioned before, that the most important resource that the Hujaj have on travel would be their health. And the best way to ensure good health when going to a country that's hot and dry, to ensure that you are properly well hydrated. So we know the importance of adequate water intake. As we know, there is, there, there is no life without water, and every living organism spends on water. Our bodies are made up more than 70% water. And it's important to realize that without adequate water, various illnesses flare up in the body. So when we look at dehydration, we find it takes place often in Makkah. And the Hujaj, that they, they stick to the same type of hydration measures that they would take back home they would adopt that same measure in Makkah. But we know that definitely without a doubt, the water intake should increase. 
So what is dehydration? It refers to the loss of excess water from the body and it can be caused by a low water intake. Generally we consume too little water. Dehydration can be caused by excessive heat or sun exposure, people working in the sun for too long hours, excessive vomiting and diarrhea can also lead to dehydration. So basically dehydration takes place when the amount of water, the amount of water that leaves the body exceeds the amount of water that is taken internally. So the adverse effects of dehydration, when we lose less than 1% of our body weight in water, it leads to thirst. Less than 2% or more than 2% leads to a stronger thirst and a slight discomfort. More than that, we'll find there's a decrease in appetite. When we lose up to 3% of our body weight in water, we find there's a decrease in our blood volume and it impairs our physical performance. When we lose up to 4%, we find that there's mental implications, difficulty in concentrating. We become dizzy, short of breath, we become weak. When we lose up to 10% of the water that we require for our body, it leads to muscle spasms, delirium. Up to 20%, it can actually lead to death. So very important to ensure a proper hydration plan when drinking maca. We know when, when water, when there's too little water intake, it leads to headaches, migraines, constipation, fatigue, indigestion. It can worsen stress. It can worsen IBS and even pain-related conditions. So the recommendation to avoid dehydration, ensure you have an adequate water intake of up to 6 to 8 glasses of water. Avoid excess sun exposure between 11 and 3 o'clock. Wear protective gear like scarves, tightly woven clothing, sunblock. Try to ingest moisture-rich fruits like watermelon, sweet melon, mangoes. Try to have a salad with every meal. Lettuce, cucumbers are known to have a water content of more than 90%. Avoid excess fizzy drinks. Consume teas and coffees very moderately because we know they act as diuretics so it actually leads to more water loss. And whenever thirsty, never deny the body's need for water. It is my pleasure. Wa alaikum salam. Preparing for Hajj, we are going to look at dry skin. Walaikum salam. The balance of oil and moisture is crucial for a healthy, glowing and attractive skin. The oil that's secreted by the sebaceous glands in the skin lubricates our skin surface and the moisture content of our skin is also determined by the water present within the skin cells. And this reaches the cells via the bloodstream. So it's very important that the water content in the cell is present because that content keeps the skin plumped up, it keeps it healthy. The oil and moisture works together, so there has to be enough moisture in our skin and enough oil. Together they act as a shield to prevent excessive evaporation. So there's basically two types of dry skin. You have a simple dry skin and this is simply due to the lack of natural oils, often affecting the women more often than men and those below the age of 35. Then we have complex dry skin, where there's a lack of both the oils and the moisture, and is characterized by these fine lines, brown spots, discoloration, or enlarged pores. And this is normally associated with aging or overexposure to the sun. So we know that the Hujaj, they're on their way to Makkah, and they're leaving a cold climate, which is cold and dry, or drying on the skin. And when they go to Makkah, it's hot and dry. So we find they're going from one extreme to the other, so definitely take care when it comes to sun exposure. Generally dry skin would have a dull looking feature, it, it's scaly, it's flaky, uh, there's a feeling of tightness, there's chapping or cracking 
and these are signs of extremely dry skin. Factors which worsens dry skin would be a poor diet, so a diet that's low in water, environmental factors like excessive sun exposure, wind, cold, heat, chemicals, cosmetics can also lead to drying of the skin, excessive bathing with harsh soap, and nutritional deficiencies of vitamin A and B. So some dietary recommendations for the pilgrims would be to eat a well-balanced diet with raw, fresh fruits and veg, lots of grains and seeds and nuts. Consume foods that's high in sulfur, like garlic, onions and eggs, as well as asparagus, because we know that the sulfur content helps to keep the skin smooth and youthful. Consume plenty of yellow or orange vegetables, because we know the colors related to an increase in beta-carotene. Drink at least about 6 glasses to 8 glasses of water a day. Try to avoid fried foods, animal fats, especially highly processed foods. Limit fizzy drinks and sugar, chocolate, junk foods, because this basically depletes the body of, of, of good vitamins and minerals. Also decrease caffeine. Some practical advice, some good emollients to use, which is also recommended via prophetic medicine, would be aloe vera. Aloe vera gel is an excellent emollient, it's soothing, it's healing and very moisturizing on the skin. You could also spray herbal or floral water mist on your skin. You can purchase your own or you can make your own simply by adding four drops of essential oil to a spray bottle of distilled water. So you could add the leaves of lavender, flowers of comfrey or calendia. All of these has a very soothing and moisturizing effect on the skin. It's very important that moisturizing the skin should take place after cleansing it. And to avoid excess loss of moisture, Vitamin E oil can be added. Other good emollients will be um, cocoa butter, olive oil and almond oil is also known to be recommended from Prophetic Medicine, which all has very good moisturizing benefits. Also be aware of, of soaps and creams, especially when on travel, when take caution when using new soaps and creams or shampoos because it could, could be sensitive to those products. Ensure that when you're going to be going outside in the sun, that you wear good moisturizing sunblock. This is my pleasure. Wa alaikum salam. Continuing our preparing for Hajj series, we're going to look at foot aches or foot problems. Wa alaikum salam. So we know in preparation of Hajj, the Hujaj will experience extra physical activity in preparing for the Hajj as well as on the journey. So we know that often we hear that many Hujaj would say when they return that they have never walked as much as they have during the Hajj period because we know that all the acts of Ibadah requires walking, fast pace, the Tawaf, performing the Sa'i etc. So a lot of the religious obligation requires a lot of walking so there's a lot of extra pressure being put on the feet. Our feet takes a lot of strain and often we overlook the amount of strain that the feet takes. So it's not uncommon to find that many individuals after a long day in the hot sun that their nights are filled with complaints of aching feet. So some preventative measures that one can adopt. Prevention is always better than cure. Due to the fact that many people would say that they have never walked as much as they did during the time in Makkah, we would encourage the pilgrims to adopt a mild exercise program long before their journey. So we recommend about a 15 to 20 minute brisk walk daily. And there are countless benefits to this. And we have to recognize that walking is viewed as one of the best medicines. By walking daily, we prepare our bodies physically and mentally. And there are many other benefits, which includes a reduction in stress and fatigue, 
other benefits would be that any ailments that one would be susceptible to could actually flare up during the preparation period. So in other words, certain foot conditions that would flare up during excess walking could actually be detected early. And by doing that, one can have it seen to and minimize the discomfort of aching feet during the, the Hajj period. So after a heavy day of walking, we would recommend to elevate the feet. Exercise the toes, so wiggle the toes to increase blood circulation. A good foot revitalizer would be to soak your feet in a basin of warm water containing 1 to 2 tablespoons of Epsom salts. Then rinse it off with cool water. Pat dry and moisturize in a massage fashion. Soaking the feet in, in water containing essential oils can also help, which will be both relaxing and beneficial. Good essential oils would be eucalyptus, rosemary, lemon, citrus, all of these essential oils are known to invigorate the senses. If you don't have any essential oils, you could use a strong concentration of peppermint or chamomile tea in the water for a foot soak. A popular treatment at spas would be to sit at the edge of the bath, hold the feet under running water for several minutes, alternating between hot and cold water every minute. This will cause constriction and dilation of the blood vessels which can also help with blood circulation. Take caution that this is not recommended for diabetics. Extreme temperature should be avoided. A foot massage can do wonders in terms of relieving foot aches, increasing blood circulation, helping with cough and other muscle pains. And if you don't have a willing partner to help you or to assist you with a foot massage, literally take the situation in your own hands. So after a good foot soak, work thoroughly over the entire foot, squeezing the toes gently, massaging the soles of the feet in a firm circular motion. Preparing for Hajj, we are going to speak about jet lag. Walaikum salam. We know when traveling to a faraway country like Makkah or any other country that involves hours of travel, many people experience jet lag. Jet lag refers to that feeling of fatigue, lethargy, the inability to sleep that follows air travel, especially air travel that crosses several time zones. So the more hours traveling correlates to the severity of the jet lag. Alongside the fatigue and the lethargy, people have trouble concentrating or making decisions they often become irritable, some even experience diarrhea or even loss of appetite. So the reason for jet lag is that as human beings we have a close connection to nature. We are connected to our environments, our bodies are naturally inclined to follow the biorhythms of nature. Meaning the changes of the day and night, the different seasons, the phases of the moon all influences us. It influences our emotions, our physiology, meaning at the cellular level, it even influences us spiritually. So the changes that take place in our environment and in nature takes place gradually. For instance, the day doesn't suddenly turn to night. The summer doesn't suddenly become winter. All these phases are gradually introduced. So during air travel, crossing several time zones, our bodies are forced to adjust to a new time in a new place all of a sudden. This is part two of the topic jet lag relating to preparing for Hajj. So it is an unrealistic expectation to expect our bodies to adapt. The, our bodies, the internal clock, cannot be adjusted like the clock on the wall. Our body's internal clock operates according to the 24-hour cycle of, of the day, which consists of a balance between daylight and darkness. The balance between sleep and wakefulness is crucial to our health and how we perform as human beings. 
So it's actually the disruption of the body's natural cycle and the body's inability to adjust in time to suit the time zones that leads to jet lag. So some tips for those travelers that will allow them to to overcome jet lag. Try to adjust your sleep patterns according to the time of your destination a few days before you leave. Adopt a schedule weeks before the time so that you can set a certain routine. Example, your eating and sleeping patterns. Those that do not follow a certain routine suffer from jet lag more often. Ensure that you obtain enough sleep before your trip. Sleep at least 15 minutes earlier every night. Set your watch to the destination time so that you can mentally prepare and this is said to decrease jet lag as well. When you reach your destination, start adapting to the new environment as quick as possible. Get involved with the locals, move around in the streets and by doing that, adapt to the language. You can also overcome the feeling of jet lag. At the destination, avoid taking naps for too long. If you have to, Take a nap for at least an hour. It's my pleasure. Wa alaikum salam. Continuing our preparing for Hajj series, we are going to look at the implications of air travel on health. How does air travel affect our health? Wa alaikum salam. As we know that the Hujaj, when traveling to Mecca, they spend several hours flying and in healthy individuals or first time travelers they might be they might experience a type of a low level type of anxiousness but generally air travel is safe however there are those individuals that suffer from severe cardiac or respiratory ailments that could experience some difficulty or even cause further harm to their condition and this is due to the high altitude and at high altitudes we find that this change changes to air pressure there's a change in cabin pressure and this causes a reduction in what they call oxygen saturation meaning that individual with respiratory problems could experience difficulty due to the changes in oxygen content of the air. Therefore bear in mind that air travel can cause or even worsen medical conditions. So it's important for people that are suffering from cardiac and respiratory conditions to have a medical checkup before the air travel as to avoid complications during the flight. So what conditions can also flare up during air travel? Untreated dental problems or dental work may become painful due to the changes in air pressure. So we find that within the body, free air exists within the cavities in the body. And during flying, the pressure increases up to 25%. So this means that free space in the body can expand by 25%. So those areas that were normally empty would expand in the in terms of pressure and this can aggravate medical conditions. So people with upper respiratory tract infections, those that experience sinus or ear obstructions will experience some problems. If it's a minor ear obstruction that can be alleviated by uh, yawning frequently or closing the nose and swallowing during the descent. Cabin humidity can also cause dehydration. So those people wearing contact lenses, be aware that it should be well lubricated. High risk or complicated pregnancies should also be assessed by a practitioner before flying. Those that suffer from circulation problems like varicose veins, or thrombosis, deep vein thrombosis, those that has history of um, circulation problems, they should take extra care to obtain proper gear that allows for circulation to be increased like the stockings or to exercise toes and the feet, the calf muscles by walking up and down the plane. Remember that immobility worsens these conditions. So they should perform short movement exercises while seated and make sure that they obtain adequate 
water intake and ensure that you have your medication with you throughout your travel. It is my pleasure. Wa alaikum salam. Preparing for Hajj, we're going to look at the medical aspects of air travel in relation to medication, etc. Wa alaikum salam. When preparing for Hajj, it's very important to realize that our biggest resource would be our health. And whatever illnesses one suffers from, it's important to remember that whilst on journey, those illnesses could flare up or ease up depending on the environment. But without a doubt, those people on chronic medication has to continue the use of the chronic medication. It shouldn't be that individuals, when going to Makkah, assumes that all the illnesses will leave the body. Yes, when we are in Makkah, the emotions and the positivity that we have helps with pain management and it helps ease certain types of conditions. But internally, we are not aware of what happens to our blood pressure, sugar levels, cholesterol, etc. So therefore, never ever abandon your medication without your practitioner's advice. So some important aspects to remember when traveling, when it comes to medication, it is important to plan well and to prepare well in order to reduce medical risks on travel. Travelers should always carry their medications with them. Always keep your medications in the marked boxes or packets and never keep all the medication in one place. Have some in your hand luggage, some in your luggage that, that will be checked in. Give some to a friend just so you can ensure that in case any luggage go missing, you will still have your medication. Ensure that you take your eyeglasses with your contact lenses, everything that's attached to it, the cases to protect them, hearing aids, etc. Be aware that if you're carrying certain syringes or needles, that the proper check-ins is done so that your medications or any type of apparatus you use will not be discarded. Ensure that you always carry your prescription letter with you or any verifying letter from the physician to avoid any possible security or custom complications. Those suffering from severe chronic conditions should ensure that they have a complete medical history of the condition in case anything happens on travel so that people can be aware of the condition. Also always keep a copy of your ID with you. Those people with disabling illnesses like epilepsy should always carry a medical aid bracelet or necklace that clearly displays the condition. And those that follow a strict diet should plan in advance in order to avoid any of the conditions being adversely affected. For instance, cholesterol, high blood pressure, diabetes. It would be wise to undergo a medical checkup by your family physician in order to minimize the risk of air travel. It is my pleasure. Wa alaikum salam. Preparing for Hajj. We are going to speak about the travel bug or travel diarrhea. Wa alaikum salam. When people undergo any type of travel to any foreign country, one becomes exposed to a different climate different types of food and because the pilgrims will be entering the area of Makkah where there's a meeting of many nations, many cultures, there's overcrowding in certain places. So alongside the diversity of different people and food, we also find a diversity of microorganisms. Those disease causing agents that our bodies once we come once we encounter them, our bodies builds up a type of immunity to them. However, when we expose to new microorganisms, the body tries to expel them and that can happen in a form of diarrhea or vomiting. 
So gastroenteritis or the travel bug, it's a type of inflammation of the lining of the stomach, mostly the small and the large intestine. It's highly infectious and it's caused by pathogens like viruses, bacteria or even parasites. So every season we will find that certain microorganisms are activated or spread in those seasons. So gastroenteritis is definitely linked to food poisoning or food that's spoiled due to incorrect hygienic practices or just food that uh, people aren't accustomed to. The symptoms would be nausea and vomiting, there could be a fever, decrease in appetite, diarrhea, which refers to the frequency of loose stools, there's abdominal discomfort, cramps, this can occur suddenly, it lasts for about two to three days maximum, and it's very contagious, it goes from person to person. It is self-limiting, meaning that uh, it can heal on its own, depending on our immunity. The complications of gastroenteritis or the travel bug would be when there's excessive vomiting and diarrhea and this can lead to dehydration, especially in a hot climate. This is mainly due to the loss of fluids and electrolytes. So it's very important in the young and the elderly that fluid should be replaced via oral rehydrate solution. You can even make your own oral rehydrate by adding eight teaspoons of sugar and a quarter teaspoon of salt to a liter of distilled water and drink throughout the day. Increase the use according to the stools, the amount of stools. Recommendations would be to get bed rest, avoid excess sun exposure, consume plenty of fluids like the oral rehydrate or even energy drinks. Avoid a high fiber diet which could actually worsen the strain on the digestive system. Instead consume easy digestible foods like baked potatoes, rice, bananas, apples, white toast or white crackers which are more binding. Avoid dairy and caffeine. In the case of mild diarrhea, just to use oral rehydrate would be fine. We should try to abstain from using medication that will block the system or prevent us from eliminating the bug. The body undergoes a process of diarrhea in order to rid itself of these microorganisms. Some tips for the hujaj that beware of food poisoning, good hand washing is essential. When coming to the new country, be aware that experimenting with new foods could come at a risk. So rather do this out of the hajj period to avoid any discomfort while you're on your pilgrimage. Remember that food that's kept at, at room temperature for too long has the risk of being contaminated with microorganisms like salmonella, which is responsible for diarrhea. Be careful of the water that you consume. Rely on bottled water and be aware of your food allergies. Don't take it for granted that food items overseas would have the same ingredients as the food back home. The following hygienic tips could help prevent the travel bug. Ensure that you wash your hands properly before bearing any types of food. Keep the food either hot or cold. Avoid room temperatures for too long. Do not refrigerate leftovers, heat it up and refrigerate it again because it can lead to contamination. If you have raw meat, freeze it. Ensure that when you cook meat, fish and, and chicken, ensure that it is well done. Never use the same cutting boards for both vegetables and meat. Contamination often takes place with the following kitchen utensils, cutting boards, cloths, towels to wash them in bleach, decontaminate them. Avoid using bulging cans or cracked jars, rusted tins or other types of items, grocery items that are damaged. Be aware that processed meat can also be a possible contaminant. Preparing for Hajj, we're going to look at water consumption or water intake. Wa alaikum salam. We know as the hujaj are preparing go to Makkah Mukarramah, they have to realize that there are many factors that could cause difficulties on their travel. However, if they prepare well, 
they'll be able to overcome these factors very easily. And one of those factors would be the climate. Saudi Arabia being very hot and dry. So the, the heat of Saudi Arabia is much more intense than our summers. Water intake is crucial. As we know that everything in creation is made up of water. The most abundant substance in the human body is water. The entire earth is surrounded with water. And the water supply within the body is responsible for every bodily process, from digestion to absorption to circulation, excretion. So water transports all the nutrients to every cell of the body. It helps regulate our body temperature. Our daily water intake is lost via breathing, sweating and elimination. So we should remember that alongside excessive hot conditions it means that the body will increase the sweat gland secretion will increase causing further depletion so proper rehydration is crucial water also affect illnesses proper rehydration can benefit virtually all types of disorders disorders of the bowel bladder problems some headaches can be reduced simply by drinking a glass of water when insufficient water is taken we find there's a buildup of toxins in the body which can result in headaches and bowel problems certain anxiety states can be brought about due to a need for water can worsen food intolerances increase or uh, upset the stomach acid lead to heartburn even muscle pains hot flushes is worsened by a decrease in water so there's many other discomforts that can be relieved simply by drinking water. Even chronic fatigue syndrome. And we know that with the hujaj preparing for hajj, that the fatigue and anxiety states often takes place due to the concern and anxiety that's associated with traveling, etc. So by preparing well for the hajj period will definitely be a benefit to the hujaj during hajj. So it's also important to mention the prophetic advices within prophetic medicine when it comes to water all the sunan, the preferred ways of drinking water, sitting and drinking to drink no more than three gulps at a time to ensure that you do not blow into the vessel or exhale in the vessel. And if you look at all the recommendations from the sunnah, we'll find that all of them have medical significance. For instance, by sitting and drinking, you ensure that the water enters the stomach at a gradual pace or gradual rate. By not gulping down the water, you can prevent indigestion or excessive gas in the, in the belly. By not blowing into the vessel or exhaling the vessel, you prevent inhaling that carbon dioxide or waste products that you exhale. And not to forget the importance of Zamzam. We know the Prophet said that Zamzam is to be taken according to the, its intention. In other words, Zamzam is known for its blessings and for its, its healing capabilities. So therefore intend good health when drinking Zamzam. And with your belief, you activate the efficiency or the effectiveness of the healing powers in the sacred water. Recent scientific studies showed that having a good intention has effect on water molecules. So what happens when we use the best of words to say Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim? How do we activate water and increase its medicinal value to the body? Another important point to mention that in Makkah, water is available in two forms. Close to the Haram, you will find water available in containers that are ice cold and containers that are room temperature. So due to common habit, we will be inclined to taking the ice cold water. But bear in mind, if the body is extremely hot, it would be best to have water close to the room temperature. So ideally, mix the two water in, as opposed to having extremely ice cold water, which will be too cold for the system. And often we find that in Makkah, the Hujaj often develop colds and flus due to this drastic change of temperature in their rooms and due to their water intake as well. It is my pleasure. Wa alaikum salam. 
As part of the prophetic medicine series, we are going to look at the healing benefits of Hajj or pilgrimage. Walaikum salam. Prophetic medicine highlights how our daily acts of ibadat can actually improve holistic healing in our lives. And this refers to every act of worship. And without a doubt, the pinnacle of our worship would be the Hajj, the pilgrimage. And we find that the Hajj is well placed after the month of Ramadan, after our heightened spirituality, so that a build-up can be reached to the time that the pilgrims stand on Arafah. So if you look at the way of life of Islam, the Islamic lifestyle, we see that it is based on the natural cycle of the universe. Our prayer times are according to lunar cycles. Our months are decided according to the phases of the moon. So Islam, like the Prophet ﷺ said, is based on the fitrah, our natural inclination to worship Allah according to the natural means. And if we look scientifically at the smallest aspect of our creation, which is referred to as the atom, we find it consists of a nucleus and rotating bodies around it, electrons which continuously rotates around this nucleus. And we find that this makes up all of creation and it's the smallest unit of creation. If we look at a macro level and we look at the solar system with the sun being in the middle, we find that galaxies would rotate around the sun. So the entire universe rotates, the entire universe revolves the electrons revolve around positive nucleus in our bodies. So at a macro level, there's this revolving, this rotation that's taking place. At a macro level, in the celestial bodies, the planets, the moon, the sun, there's a rotation that, taking, that takes place. So when we perform the act of tawaf around the Kaaba, we are in complete harmony with the natural cycle of the universe. We are doing what our bodies are inclined to do, alongside the smallest aspect of our bodies, towards the biggest aspect of creation being the planets. And this is not the only scientific significance of the Hajj. If we look at the Kaaba, the geographical location of the Kaaba, it is said to be the center point of dry land on the earth. So it's, the Kaaba is located in the center of the earth. This has been proven scientifically. And it also happens to be the focal point of magnetic fields. So which results in a, an amazing phenomenon that the human being on the site of the Kaaba in a highly energetic state, emotionally, spiritually, we know that many pilgrims, when they return, they speak about this event that takes place at the Kaaba and the spirituality that they experience, the tranquility that they experience. And we know that on Hajj, people that suffer from certain type of pain-related conditions will report that their pain has been decreased. And this is all due to all the holistic benefits of the pilgrimage. The Hajj also involves a lot of physical exertion where the pilgrims have to alternate between walking and running. And we know medically, walking is one of the best kinds of exercise, especially in the elderly, because it increases the use of oxygen, it reduces the rate of cholesterol buildup in the blood, it reduces the rate of heart disease. And the physical exercise that takes place during the Hajj period also decreases weight. It burns off fat, it prevents high blood pressure or decreases blood pressure. It also delays the loss of minerals in the bones of elderly people. The medical benefits of the Hajj are definitely underrated. So in the upcoming series, we will look at other specific benefits of the pilgrimage. And by doing that, we'll have a deep appreciation for this great act of worship. It is my pleasure. Wa alaikum salam. 
This is the start of the Hajj series whereby we prepare for Hajj and we're going to concentrate on mental fatigue and physical exhaustion. Wa alaikum salam. We know that in the upcoming weeks the pilgrims will be preparing for Hajj and this journey can be very strenuous in terms of physical, emotional exertion. But there's exertion that takes place long before that and that's the preparation period getting all the resources together, planning ahead, getting all the luggage, etc. And this presents a certain amount of burden on the body. But the hujjaj should be reminded that the best resource that they have would be their health. Because one's level of health influence our ability to fulfill our religious obligations as well as all that preparation is needed for the hajj. So there are many aspects to consider when preparing for hajj. It's the financial aspect, the family, traveling, guests, and all of this can lead to mental fatigue and physical exhaustion. And when this happens, it decreases our immunity. So it increases our vulnerabilities, our susceptibility to anxiety types of state, can decrease our mental faculties in that we find it difficult to concentrate, our memories can become weak, leads to headaches, it could be loss of appetite, mood swings, etc. Some recommendations to overcome fatigue, some self-help techniques, definitely look towards the diet. Generally, a well-balanced diet can assist when it comes to dealing with fatigue. Look towards fresh fruit and veg daily. Include nuts, seeds, whole grains, which alone can replace lost energies because we know that mineral and vitamin deficiencies contribute to fatigue. Try to consume plenty of water. Adopt a good hydration habit before traveling because we know the, the climate in Makkah is extremely hot and dry. Consume enough fiber to ensure good bowel movements. Avoid excess intake of processed sugar, fizzy drinks, caffeine and highly processed food. All these foods deplete the body's magnesium stores which worsen the state of fatigue. Some practical advice, try to get plenty of rest. Adopt a good time management program. So begin the day with a, with a to-do list so that you can plan well and allocate time periods to certain tasks which will help you to deal with your deadlines and commitments that you have during the day much easier. Try to get enough rest so an afternoon nap is beneficial. Try to get to bed early because we know that sleep deprivation leads to a vicious cycle of ongoing fatigue. Moderate exercise is also very beneficial. Brisk walking for about 10 minutes a day in nature does wonders to alleviate any tension, any stress.